0: big difference. Open your Bibles this morning, please, to the book of Revelation, the very last book of the Bible, chapter number 21. Revelation, chapter number 21. Beginning in verse number 1, John says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. I will give unto him that thirsteth the fountain of the waters of life freely, and he that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Well, I'm into my 53rd year of preaching. During during that time I preached on a lot of different subjects and in some way or another related all of them back to the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did. I, I preached about the soil because he spoke about the different kinds of soil and the importance of it. And I, I preached about the subject of plowing. I preached about the subject of seeds. I preached about the subject of, of flyers. I, I I remember preaching a message entitled The Lily of the Valleys, and there are several other things that we could mention. I've preached sermons about trees, the palm tree Christian, and different things related to trees. I've preached sermons about, about roots. I've preached sermons about fruit. I've preached sermons about harvest. <laughs> I've never preached a sermon about leaves. Well... That's what I want to preach about this morning, and uh, that one word leaves is the title of the message, and that, I'm sure, seems mighty strange to some of you, and so maybe I ought to give you a little bit better definition. You know, Bev was talking the other day about the English language and how that, you know, different words can be spelled the same way and what have you, and... And uh, I think back whenever I was a boy and my sixth grade teacher that I've talked about, that little lady named Mrs. Roop, my favorite teacher of all times, she uh, she worked a miracle, I, I guess you could say, because she took the orneriest kid in school and some way or another got me to where I, I loved poetry. I mean, for, for whatever reason, I started liking it way back then. And I uh, remember Joyce Kilmer's, you know, the poem, The Trees. I think I shall never see a poem as lovely as a tree and so forth. And so uh, from the time I was just a, a kid, I loved the out there in the Ozarks in the fall of the year and what have you. But I'm not talking about those kind of leaves this morning. Now, I want you to notice in verse number four, there is a key phrase here that I want to talk to you about this morning. Notice where he speaks about the former things. The former things. Now, you know, as, as most of us, we generally think about the things that we're going to gain whenever we go to heaven. You know, we think about the glory that awaits. But there's another One of the best ways, I think, to reflect upon our inheritance as God's people is not only think about what we're going to get, that is the former things, but think about the future things, and not only the things that we're going to, but the things that we're going from, the things that we're going to leave. Now, I could really just sum all of this up by, by saying, well, we're going to leave it all. I read the story about one rich man, you know, and so a mutual friend there after the funeral service. They were talking, and he asked the other friend, he said, well, how much did he leave? And his answer was, he left it all. And sooner or later, that happens to all of us. That's why the Apostle Paul said, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And he tells us in 2 Corinthians 4.18 that all of these things that are seen are temporal. They're just going to be here for a little while. Peter takes it a step further, and it's a giant step further whenever he makes this statement. He says all things shall pass away and be burned up and be dissolved. So we could just sum it all up in saying, you know, that... That big pile of leaves, those things left behind is going to be everything because one of these days it's all going to be burned up, it's going to be dissolved, and we will be forever gone from those things. But that wouldn't be of much practical value, and so I want to be more specific this morning whenever we talk about these things that, that we someday will leave. I want you to think about the day that you will, will die. And believe me, that day's going to come. You might not want to think about it. You might not want to talk about it. But that day is going to come. And it might be sooner than you think. And it might be sooner for some than it is for others. But don't ever forget this. Whenever the end of your life on earth, whenever that comes it'll not be the end of you. Amen. It'll be the end of your time here on earth and you'll leave this earth, but it won't be the end of you because you will you will exist for eternity somewhere. As Christians, of course, we're going to leave this earth and we're going to leave the things of this earth in that day. And that's what I want you to think about. The leaves, the things that, that we're going to leave, the things that, you know, that are going to remain whenever you are removed. You know, experiencing life on earth uh, as difficult as it is, I think it makes it even more hard to imagine how wonderful heaven is and what it's going to be like. It, like the song says that Baal loves so much, I, I can only imagine that's all we can do is just really think about it and because it seems too good to be true. I mean, who who can envision all that the Bible describes and the description from the Bible doesn't really touch the hem of the garment when it comes to what heaven is really like because it is absolutely beyond our ability to even think about describing heaven. But we can read with full assurance what is absolutely the truth. Look in verse 3. Notice, that this message about the things that, the, the leaves of life, is not a message from mortal man, but it says a great voice out of heaven. That voice out of heaven is the one that's proclaiming these truths, I remember it is John, the Apostle John, who is recording this. He's the one that is receiving the message, but he's receiving the message from this great voice out of heaven. He's receiving the message from God that he might relay it to us. And it's very apparent what these leaves are in the first place. There will be no tears. Think about that. That alone ought to make us jump and shout for joy, like the old the old song says, "No tears in heaven there." Thank God for that. I mean, if if nothing else was said to give us reason for rejoicing, that ought to be enough. Another song says, "Teardrops will never stain the streets of that city." All think about all of the sorrow. All of the agony that people have gone through. All down through the ages of time. And at long last, we're going to leave behind this world of woe. No tears in heaven. Finally, at long last, we will have left, or they will have left us. But not only that, there will be no trials in heaven and you'll notice he describes several things here in this verse. No, no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, neither shall there be any more pain. So the trials shall all be gone. Job said, man that's born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. That That sums up the experience of every person on this earth. There is no escape from trouble on this earth. Planet Earth is a difficult place to live. I don't care, you know, how wealthy you are. I don't care how healthy you are, how popular you are. There are going to be difficulties in life. And those trials are the things that so many times bring tears to our eyes. The trials, you know, they are the source of sorrow. They're the cause of our crying and we think about all of the different kinds of trials that we experience in life and we look in the life of the apostle Paul as great as he was, as spiritual minded, as much as he loved the Lord and you think about all of the things that he suffered and something about that just doesn't seem fair. It just doesn't seem right. We think and we feel that he ought to be excluded and sometimes, you know, we get to feeling like God ought to, for whatever reason, exclude us. You know, after all, we reason that we deserve a better life than, than the way that it is. After all, we love the Lord, we attend church, we give to the church, we do this and we do that. But there's no escape from these troubles. And we feel like Jacob whenever he said, all of these things are against me. And sometimes we feel that way, don't we? We just feel like regardless of what direction we turn, everything's working against us, that nothing is going right. But death for the Christian will be the termination of your troubles and your trials. What a thrilling thought that is. The termination of all of your trials, all of those troubles, all of those difficulties, and the tears that they bring, all of those things will be left behind in that day. But there's more to it than that. We'll leave the toil that has been a part of our life down here below. Ever since the fall, you think about Adam and Eve and their situation. God placed them in a perfect environment. And I'm not saying that God did not give them an assignment to do. They were to keep the garden naturally. But, It was not until after sin entered into the world that God put a curse upon the earth and said, from now on, you'll earn your bread by the sweat of your brow. And it's been that way all through the years of history. Man has earned his bread by the sweat of his brow. And even whenever it comes to our labor for the Lord in His vineyard, it's a work, it's toil, it's labor. You know, we don't get tired of the work or we shouldn't get tired of the work, but we get tired in the work, don't we? I so admire those that, uh, like my wife and different ones that I could mention here today, that you know, have physical difficulties and yet week after week after week you, you get up and you go on and you keep working and not only do you keep working at the, you know, at the normal things of life, but you're faithful to the, to the Lord's house and faithful in serving the Lord and, and, uh, and it just requires our best effort. And boy, sometimes, you know, it just wears you down. But one of these days, all of our work's going to be ended and we'll stand before the Lord and be rewarded for the things that we've done here on this earth. Thank God for that, to know that our labor in the Lord is not in vain. And there's not one of us that will stand before the Lord and issue a complaint about life here on this earth. Not one of us all of the work that you've put into doing, the good things that are pleasing to God, all of those things in that day are going to be rewarded. And just to hear Him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. that the tears behind. The troubles and the trials and the toil. All of those things in that day will be left behind, but we'll also leave something else. We'll leave our treasures behind in that day. I think most people totally ignore what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 19. Remember he said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures here on earth. He said, don't you do that. The malls will corrupt it. The thieves will steal it. It will be a waste of time. Don't do it, but rather lay up treasures in heaven. And the average person totally ignores what he said because so many times we attach value to things here on this earth that are totally worthless in the grand scheme of things. Because one of these days, those things that we value so highly now, the possessions with which we are so well pleased, and someday we're going to leave all of those behind. Think about the things that you treasure the most. I was talking the other day about during the flood and and uh, losing different things. Uh, you know, I la- lost Jack Holcomb's record. Now, if you're not a Jack Holcomb fan, it wasn't a big deal. It was a big be- a deal to me. And this week somebody sent me a CD of Jack Holcomb. I was talking about losing losing my belt buckle some way. I'm talking about, you know, the big Texas belt buckles. I had a bunch of them. Water wouldn't hurt them. They wasn't even in the water as far as I know, but they disappeared some way. Somebody brought me a belt buckle this morning. But, you know, there's a lot of things that we attach to value to. Somebody brought me a pen here uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, Brother Kenneth was commenting on that Brother Stone kind of collects pens. Well, I I guess I do because I accumulate a bunch of them, that's for sure. Uh, But so many times those little simple silly things, and when I say silly, I'm talking about things of no eternal value whatsoever. We can get so attached to that stuff that we feel like the world has come to an end. If if we lose any of that, good night, someday you're going to leave it all behind. It will not matter one little bit later on. You know, it might trouble you now to think, well, you know, I lost this or I lost that or somebody took it from me or whatever, but in that day, it won't make any difference. Because we're going to leave all of those treasures of earth, the things that we value so highly, we're going to leave that all behind because they'll be of no value in eternity. Now I'm sure that this pile of leaves could keep going and there's many other things that we could think about. But there's something else that we leave that I really want to talk about. And that's the fact that we leave a testimony. In Hebrews 11 in verse number 4, it speaks about Abel, and it says, being dead, he yet speaketh. You ever thought about that? You know, dead men can talk. Dead men do tell tale, tales. They really do. Whether good or bad, all of us make a mark on this world. And if we're wise, we'll want to leave a lasting legacy. I'm talking about a, a lesson in living for other people. and we need to all stop and think about how our life is going to impact the lives of others for good or bad. I, I mentioned a while ago my sixth grade teacher and uh, the fact that she had a great influence on me, but not spiritually and not really in any other way. But I tell you, she could have told me the world was flat. And at that stage of my life, I think I would have believed that little old lady. I wish she had told me about Jesus, but she didn't. She didn't. But what I'm saying is people impact other people and mark it down, you might never know it. You might, look, you might die without ever knowing the influence you had on someone else. But I'll guarantee you, the children that are associated with this church, that see you week after week after week, they might never speak to you. They might never take the initiative to come up to you and say anything. But believe me, you are influencing them in some way or another, for good or for bad. And we need to think about the legacy that we're going to 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 leave behind. You know, somebody said that the best way to live is to live so as to be missed. Well, that's a good way to look at it. You'd like to think that your life made an impact to the point that you're going to be missed whenever you die. But I think a better way to look at it is to look at it in the sense that we ought to live so as to, to minister to other people. And, you know, it's not something that takes a great deal of effort on our part. It just simply takes us living with a, with a conscious sense of our responsibility to be a good example of an encouragement and extending love toward those children. They're going to remember that. How sad it is to think about those who live and those who die without ever giving any consideration to how it affected others. I, I, some time ago I preached a message, this has been a few years ago in fact, and I talked about outliving yourself. Well, how in the world can you do that? How can you outlive yourself? How can you live longer than what you live? Well, you outlive yourself by leaving a Legacy. Because someday you're going to die, and someday they're going to bury your body, cremate your body, or whatever whatever they do with it. But believe me, your influence is going to live on like an invisible hand reaching out from the grave. It is going to touch the lives of other people. And it ought to make a difference what kind of a legacy that we leave. What will be the lesson of your life? others look at it, when you're dead and gone, what are they going to learn from the way that you lived? William James, who was the famous philosopher, of course, and not known for his spirituality at all, but but a man of some wisdom nevertheless, he said, the great use of life is to spend it for something that will outlast it. Well, I think that's good advice. To live your life for something that will outlast it. And whenever you take your final breath and you make your exit, you're going to leave a testimony behind. Now one more thing and I'll be brief. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I said a while ago, whenever you come to the end of your life here on earth, it will not be the end of you. Every person on this earth is going to exist for eternity. When I say exist, I'm not talking about the bodily form that they're in now. I'm talking about the real you that lives inside that body. I'm talking about the real you. You look out the windows uh, uh, that, that you call your eyes. You live inside the tent or the tabernacle or the house that we call the body. That's where the You will exist for all eternity, either in heaven or hell, because there's no middle ground whatsoever, no halfway house. It's either heaven or it's hell. And if you die without Christ, you're going to It will have come to an end. There will be no second chances. As much as God loves you, as much as God is concerned, and the Bible says He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And yet, whenever you die without Christ, you have to suffer the penalty of your sin. You see, somebody's paying the price for your sin. it's either Jesus or it's going to be you. And by the way, you never, ever, ever, ever get it fully paid. That's why the suffering is said to be for eternity. I'm sitting in the office and I was just thinking to myself, oh, if there was some way that I could convince everyone that heaven is real, nobody would go to hell. Or turn it around. If I could convince everyone that hell is real, everybody would go to heaven. That's exactly what God wants for each and every person. One of the Bible talks about the fact that God so loved the world. He, look, He doesn't exclude anyone. And He has given you this day of opportunity. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now is the time. You don't have any promise whatsoever that you could be saved tomorrow. You don't have any promise you'll be alive tomorrow. God's given you this time of opportunity to trust Christ as your Lord and your Savior. And there's so many times you get distracted by all all of the pleasures and the things of this world, and you think, you know, that's what life is worth living for. No, no, no. Because someday we're going to leave all of that stuff behind. The only thing that will matter in that day is what we did with Jesus Christ. Do you know Him as your personal Lord and Savior? If you don't, this is your time right here, right now, this morning. And if you're here and a child of God and maybe... You know, look. Right now, I I could call names of people that are going through great difficulty, all kinds of trouble. And every time they turn around, there's something else that hits them right smack dab in the face. And it's just one problem after another after another, and they just keep piling up. And you know, after a while, you, you you just nearly get in a state of despair. What in the world am I going to do? And and it's natural that you know that we wonder about those things because none of us really enjoy our troubles and trials. But I'll tell you, we ought to be able to take great pleasure in knowing that these things are. If you live to be a hundred years and all of your days are days of sorrow, that'll be as nothing compared to eternity. That's why we need to keep our focus on the big picture. And believe me, whenever I say the best is yet to come and the glory of what awaits far outweighs the grief that we have to endure before we get there. Because we're going to leave all of that other stuff behind and it'll all be over. No more sorrow, no more pain, no more sickness, no more death. All of the former things shall be passed away. And that's a life worth living when you invest yourself in those things that shall endure. Because everything else is going to be gone except what you lay up in heaven. We're going to we're going to have an invitation, and if you're here and you've never been saved, and maybe maybe you've got a lot of questions, you know, a lot of times people won't just come right out and ask. Well, you know, what about this and what about that? Well, look, I, I don't have all the answers, but believe me, I've got a book here in my hand that's got all the answers. All of the answers to all of the questions that really make any difference whatsoever. This book tells you where you came from, why you're here, and where you're going and, and what you ought to be doing. It gives you all of the information you need to know for life. And if you're not saved, you don't need to worry about all of those other things that we've been talking about, the troubles and the trials, because your greatest, your greatest need and your greatest problem is being lost and 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 Christ has made every provision to change that and he can and he will right here right now this morning if you'll trust him and I pray I pray that you will and I beg you to don't put it off this is your time of opportunity but there's a limit to it there's a limit to it there's a hidden boundary between God's mercy and God's wrath Don't wait until it's too late while we stand together, Father. Troublesome to us. And Lord, that although that we can never understand Your ways, we can believe Your Word. And we can have the blessed assurance that in some way or another, that for Your people, that You'll cause all things to work together for good. And God, help us to live by that promise each and every day of our life and not grow weary in well-doing but put our hands to the plow and not look back and invest our life in things that really matter, that when we've left everything else, that we'll have eternity filled with the investments that we've made by laying up treasure in heaven. Lord, for that person here this morning that that's never received Christ as their Savior, and Lord, help them just now to overcome their fear or whatever it is that holds them back. And may they come this morning putting their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and leave here knowing they're a child of God. For it's in His name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together and while we sing, You come. Most of you would agree that you can endure almost almost anything if you know that that it'll soon come to an end and and it'll get better. You know, it might be that you're out on the highway traveling from one place to another and you go through inclement weather and bumpy roads and different problems and what have you, but you know at the end of the day, you know, I'm gonna be at home. I can sit in my recliner and I can sit at the table and eat a home-cooked meal and be with the people that I love because you know that just at the end of the day, everything's going to be all right. <laughs> about
1: this. The- the- at the moment,
0: of the inheritance we have at the end of the road. And if we just keep our eyes on the fact that the best is yet to come, one of these days, all of those former things will have passed away. There will be no cause for complaint. And then, and not until then, will we be able to understand the in letting back. something that affects us for eternity And whether you believe it or not that's exactly what God's doing with all of those things that we resent so much we need to trust him to finish what he started and he will he will not fail With our heads bowed and Christians praying, Kathy, just play through another verse of the song. And if you're here and God's speaking to your heart, it might be you just want to come and have a season of prayer. It might be you want to pray for somebody else or for yourself. It might be that God's laid it on your heart to unite with this church or to follow the Lord in baptism. And especially if you're here and you've never been saved, why don't you get out of your seat and come right now and say, Preacher, I want somebody to, to show me how I can know I would go to heaven if I died.